Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. G'day, Alan Kohler here with today's interview. And today it's Jason Davis, who's the CEO of a new fund manager called BitFunds, um, which is what it sounds like. Um, it's a fund manager designed to invest in cryptocurrencies. And the first fund is called XBT Investments, which they're trying to get listed on the ASX as an LIC, a listed investment company, investing in Bitcoin futures. Um, so they haven't issued the prospectus yet. Um, they're trying to, or proposing to raise between 30 and $100 million. Um, and uh, the way things are going, they'll probably, they'll probably hit the 100 million without too much trouble. There's an awful lot of interest in this field. Uh, Jason has a background in FinTech, um, started a business called Sell My Shares, which he still owns. Um, and uh, now he's started and owns half of uh, BitFunds, and, um, which is, as I say, launching XBT Investments. And they've got f- uh, f- more plans for future funds along similar lines. Uh, so that's interesting, but more interesting perhaps is Jason's views on the cryptocurrency market and where it's heading, and in particular whether it's at the top or not. And is he putting his own money into cryptocurrencies? Well, you should listen to the interview. It's very interesting. Here's Jason Davis, the CEO of BitFunds. Jason, you've, um, you're trying to raise 30 to $100 million in a listed investment company for Bitcoin. I take it you're not concerned that you're coming in at the top? Um, uh, we're a passive manager. So BitFunds, which is the appointed manager of XBT Investments, which will be the listed entity. Um, so BitFunds has a passive philosophy. So we don't really have a view um, on you know, Bitcoin or any other, for that matter. Um, either way, uh, we simply try to bundle the risk up in a format which is, you know, regulated and simple and easy for people to obtain exposure to. Um, so, how, how do you? Yeah. How, how does one passively invest in Bitcoin? Um, so XBT won't actually be investing in um, in Bitcoin directly. It'll be investing in futures contracts, which are you know, settled against Bitcoin reference rates, um, and we'll be acquiring those derivatives, those futures contracts, and. Um, and rolling those over on a you know, monthly or quarterly basis as required. Um, but outside of that, we won't be attempting to time the market or do anything clever beyond, um, you know, as best we can, track the um, the Bitcoin price. So when I say passive, I guess that's what I mean. I mean, from a passive versus active investment philosophy, where an active one would be to you know, try to create alpha or try to time the market and... Um, yeah, and, and be clever. So that's what we're, that's not what we're trying to do. Oh, so you'll be uh, a kind of you'll be a kind of Bitcoin index fund, will you? Yeah, well, you can think of it that way. Um, structurally, it's it's not a fund; it's a listed investment company. But yeah, but that's probably not a bad thought chain um, in terms of yeah, categorising it in your mind. Um, so the structure is a lick, this investment company, which will um, and the objective of that lick is purely and simply to track the Bitcoin price. Um, so that will enable investors to obtain exposure to the asset class you know, simply by buying a share on the ASX, as opposed to you know, buying Bitcoin directly, which is um, you know, fought with 
technical challenges and also security challenges as well of you know safekeeping the um the, the keys and so forth so really just try to make it more accessible and put it into a regulated format i guess is is our uh, um, core intent so to be clear about it you're not going to trade uh, the futures bitcoin futures yourself except uh as it as you need to in order to track the bitcoin price so you're not going to try to sort of time you're not going to try to time the bitcoin market in some way Exactly right. Yep, spot on. Yep, that's that. So 95% of the NTA of the list investment company, so the net central assets, will be um, exposed to um, Bitcoin derivatives. Um, there'll be a small cash balance just to yeah, um, pay for operating expenses and so forth. But um, yeah, um, the, the, it's a, yeah, clearly a highly concentrated investment vehicle um, targeting Bitcoin exposure. And so how's it going? Yeah, but it's, it's, I guess, early days, public-facing, um, albeit there's been a lot of work to get to this point, um, but we're now you know, fairly close to filing. Um, but, yeah, there's obviously there's a lot of work that goes into the you know, preliminary work to get to this stage, but um, it's it's going well, um, I guess. Uh, how much, can you uh, tell me how yeah, much you've raised so far? So we haven't lodged yet, so we haven't raised a cent as yet. So oh, until we lodge the prospectus with, the, with um, ASEX, um, we, we obviously can't raise any capital. So we're sort of you know, approaching that time now within the, the, the coming weeks. Um, we'll be lodging that prospectus. Um, our target date right now is sort of late Jan, um, but there are a few moving parts to nail down. Um, but, yeah, so we're, we're getting close. We've got the, um, the team and the requisite skill and experience and, and so forth to um, to get the job done. But, yeah, it is uh, as much as these things go, it's a, it's a reasonably simple task for the reasons that we just we just stated. In that we're um, yeah simply trying to um, passively copy um, Bitcoin. Tell us a bit about Bitfunds, the um, the asset manager. What are they? What, what else do they do? Um, well, nothing as yet. So that was a a business which was fairly newly incorporated, um, sort of November last year. Um, specifically um, for initially this purpose. So this is sort of phase one. Of Bitfunds, um, Bitfunds is a a digital asset manager. So this, is, if you like, is the first product of the manager. Um, that is a product which copies Bitcoin. But phase two will be to roll out additional products that um, that you know, copy and uh, um, digital assets, other digital assets. You know, perhaps inclusive of other cryptocurrencies and tokens and and so on and so forth. It's a rapidly evolving space. There's probably digital assets that, that haven't been invented yet. <laughs> um, but as of when they you know, are invented and become available and, and, and so forth, and we'll look to you know, make it easy for people to get exposure to those things, um, again, in a regulated and, um, and sort of simple format. So you've started BitFunds, I guess. Um, uh, tell us about yourself, your own background. What qualifies you to do this? Yep. Um, so... Yeah, I've got a background in the you know, the broader finance space. Um, spent most of my time in sort of advisory roles, but um, I guess more recently in management roles and owner capacities of sort of financial businesses. And um, my personally, my core business up and until now has been a little fintech thing called Sell My Shares. Um, that was something I started was it four years ago now. Um, that was yeah, addressed a problem that people faced um, in conducting discrete one-off share sales. So you know, somebody who um, ended up with some IAG shares through a demutualization 
or they inherited some shares off their you know, their deceased grandfather or, or whatever. But people that sort of accidentally came across shares and simply want to sell them you know, in, in with the least friction, um, they don't they're not interested in an ongoing relationship with a broker. I um, uh, that business sell my shares facilitates and makes that process very very simple. Um, so you can do it all online and you know 100% in uh, online and in one day sort of thing. So sell my shares. That's sort of been my core focus for the last few years. But I guess about a year ago it got to the scale where I sort of put it under management and that freed up my time to to look elsewhere so, and other opportunities. So does that mean that sell my shares is successful as a business? It's working. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm not involved in the day-to-day, you know, still abreast of it, um, but it's sort of under management and doesn't require my time or energy. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, much so. It's far exceeded my expectations of, of the size of that market. Um, it seems to be that there are a lot of people out there that, <clears throat> that yeah, just want to sell their shares and, and move on. Um, it's not a new idea. I mean, every broker in Australia can facilitate a one-off share sale, but uh, they don't like doing it because it's the same amount of sort of you know, regulatory work, you know, opening accounts and so forth, you know, for a reward of one transaction. So brokers have always sort of shunned that business. So I guess I went in there and disrupted it and um, loved it instead of shunned it. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Do you own that business entirely? Yes, yeah, 100%. Yep. And are you going to sell your shares in Sell My Shares? No. Right. So, so you just you'll continue to own that, and um, uh, and what about bit funds? Do you own that business entirely? So I own fifty percent of bit funds. Um, there was a, a capital raising into bit funds sort of late last year, um, which was cornered by um, some strategic investors. Um, uh, one of which was ASX listed DCC. Um, and the other two are sort of um, yeah, institutions, organisations in and around the financial space who can see the merit in what we're doing. Um, so they own most of the balance of the 50% and there's a few rats and mice, you know, uh, people that are involved and so forth that, that have a few shares as well. You should have had an initial coin offering. Nice, yeah, I guess that's what we're trying not to do in some respects. We're trying to pull these funky digital assets into the traditional framework uh, that people are you know, more familiar with. And and, um, and, I, and I'd speculate there's perhaps less regulatory risk um, and just custodial risk of, of owning. Um, so, yeah, I hear you. And a lot of people did say that to me. And if I did an ICO, I could probably raise... 100 million in a week, it seems. <laughs> it's pretty crazy out there. Um, but, yeah, that's, I guess, you know, core against what we're trying to do. We're trying to pull these things into uh, regulated formats. Um, and some of these ICOs and so forth, um, I think are fairly dubious on that front. So. Did you have any trouble getting the ASX across the line? Well, that's ongoing, and I guess that's part of the you know the final steps that, that we need to undertake before we can lodge the prospectus for XPT. Um, we've been in communication with ASX for the last couple of months, um, back and forth, back and forth. Haven't they agreed the yet? And um, the lights certainly end up, um, but we're requiring you know final sort of sign off. We we fit squarely within the listing rules um, in that XBT <clears throat> owns futures contracts or will own futures contracts and not direct cryptocurrencies. Um, the ASX rules for an investment entity, a listed investment company, don't allow 
for owning um, cryptocurrencies. Um, in fact, you can only own securities and derivatives. It's explicitly stated in the um, in ASIC. That's actually the ASIC listing rules. Yes, they're not the Corps Act listing rules. Um, so, yeah, that's why one of the reasons why we're not investing in direct Bitcoin, but rather why we're investing in, in futures contracts, um, which, uh, you know, which you know, futures have been around for a long time. As you know, they're a derivative. Um, there's no counterparty risk by virtue of the fact that you've got an exchange. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a, an easier, simpler, and um, yeah, cleaner way of going about it. But they're still striking their chin about it, are they? Um, I mean, you never really know until you lodge, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it fits within the listing rules, I and mean, that's 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 all all we can say. Um, so we don't cite there to be um, considerable risk of of the ASX quoting us. Um, so yeah. I suppose, um, for that, for that reason. Uh, I suppose if they knock you back, you could list on the NSX, the National Stock Exchange. You're quite right, in, in, and it comes down to the listing rules themselves. So NSX listing rules allow for an investment entity to own securities, derivatives, and then they've got to catch all other investments. And cryptocurrency is what they are. They're not classified as anything as yet. Um, in a securities context, they are by the ATO, but not by not by the regulators, the corporate regulators. Um, so, but that other investments catch-all would provide for and allow for um, a direct investing uh, fund to or, or listed um, uh, investment company to list on the NSX, and that's part of our phase two rollout. Um, our second product is cited to be a top ten market cap weighted cryptocurrency listed investment company. If that makes sense. Um, so, sort of taking a portfolio approach as opposed to just one discrete coin. In this case, Bitcoin. Um, but we're rather owning the top 10 market cap weighted. Uh, and Inclu- we, including Bitcoin or not? No, uh, ex, actually ex-Bitcoin um, for the reason that you know, if you want to own Bitcoin, then buy um, shares in XBT. Um, so there's sort of no point in including Bitcoin in that portfolio. But also, so, yeah, uh, also, also Bitcoin are dominated too. Uh, less so these days. I mean, that was true um, and still is true, but not to the to the magnitude that it was. I mean, you know, a fully diluted basis, Ripple's actually got a greater market cap than Bitcoin. <laughs> so, what, do you, what do you mean fully yeah. diluted? So once you account for all of the coins that will ever um, yeah, come out as such. Um, oh, I see. Then, yeah, yeah. It's actually got a market cap that exceeds Bitcoin if you include it on you know, a fully diluted basis. Except yeah. they haven't come out yet. No, but even on a, you know, even if you look at the, the, the quoted coins per se, you know, the tradable coins, it's still up there. I mean, I have to look at the exact numbers, but it's um, the gap is not nearly what it was before in Ethereum as well. I mean, some of these other things are really sort of chomping at the heels of Bitcoin in terms of market cap. So do you have a view about the um, the crypto market and whether it's, um, you know, whether it is near the top? Going back to the start of my uh, the, my first question. Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, and, I, and I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. One is, you know, we're, we're a passive investment manager, um, like I said before, but I get that, you know, you're after some real commentary as opposed to just, you know, um, hiding behind that <laughs> that, that, that core philosophy. Um, so, you know, park that to one side. Um, my view is that the whole digital asset space, which is inclusive of cryptocurrencies and tokens, um, you know, collectively, sort of at this stage make up the, the universe of digital assets. Um, <clears throat> many of the tokens, I think, amount to nothing more than junk. Um, 
yeah, there's some good ones in there that solve real world problems. Um, and which ones they are is quite hard to ascertain at this point. I see this a little bit like the, um, you know, the, the, the tech boom back, um, what was it now, 18 years ago, which I was just around for. Um, yeah, it, 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 there's a whole bunch of startups, and then in the wash, when it all sort of fell over, out of that, you know, out of the ashes came the Microsofts, the Googles, you know, the, the Amazons. Um, but picking those you know, in the current mix, I think, is quite challenging, and, and I don't, I'm not sure that many people have the skill to do that, despite what they might think. Um, so we're, we're staying away from even attempting to. Um, but like the tech boom, um, there's also a lot of nonsense. <laughs> Um, in, the, in, in what's going on now. So in answer to your question, my view on the, on the broader sector is <clears throat> there will be a correction um, and it will be the ones hit hardest in that correction will clearly be the junk end of the spectrum. Um, and there's a lot of you know, ICOs that are coming on board now, which in my view amount to nothing more than a marketing exercise to go and bank cash. Um, you know, the actual business model or utility that they offer is, is pretty flimsy at best. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And you know, I see a day where the junk end of the spectrum will go down, you know, 95% um, and some of them will disappear entirely. Um, when that happens, if that happens, um, interestingly, and in my view is that there'll be a bit of a run on Fiat-facing um you know, cryptocurrency. So let's imagine a world where, you know, investors have had enough and, you know, it all starts to unwind. How do you get your money out of uh, junk token, which you've, um, which you've acquired? You convert it to Ethereum, Bitcoin, Ripple, uh, one of these big coins, and then you convert it back from there into Fed currency, you know, AED, USD, yen, you know, whatever your, you know, your, your currency is. So ironically, I think when that day comes, there's actually going to be a run on fiat-facing currencies, because there's just not that many currencies that face fiat. Um, Explain so what you mean by facing fiat. Okay, so if, if you decided today to put $10,000 into the, you know, to, to take up you know, an ICA, for instance, in some token offering, then you can't just write a check for ten grand ordinarily. You would first need to convert your $10,000 AUD into one of only a handful of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, obviously that's the biggest one, um, Ripple, Ethereum and the likes. And then you'd go from there and then you know, use that currency, um, for lack of a better word, and I know it's technically not a currency, but that, that cryptocurrency. So by, then go and by, pay fiat, for, by yeah. fiat facing, you mean, you mean convertible, really? Correct, yes. So get convertible to fiat. So that's right. And the reverse of that is true. So if, if, if and when, you know, the junk undoes when, when what I'm talking about this Armageddon day occurs, then the only way for people to get their money back out and into real dollars, because when risk, as you know, when, when in a risk off environment, everybody fights for safety in this context, safety, the safest thing is feed currency. Um, they have to convert their, you know, their junk coins into one of these big cryptocurrencies in order to then convert it back into um, fiat, be it, like I said, AUD, USD, and so on. But when they so, when they convert those um, convertible currencies, those fiat facing currencies, back into normal money, USD or AUD, aren't they then buying those fiat currencies rather than selling them? Why why would it be a run? I mean, I would have thought it's the reverse. 
right? Because there's, there's two legs to the transaction. You're quite right. So there isn't an, an extra leg. So to go from the junk coin to a feet facing is a sell of junk and a buy of the feet facing coin. So that's upward demand on the feet facing coin. And then the, and then to go from the feet facing coin to fiat would then apply downward pressure on the feet facing coin. Um, yes. So those two net out. Yep. Um, but there's a net sell of junk. There's a net sell of junk tokens and a sort of neutral matching of um, fiat facing coins. So whether they go down or up, they're not going to, in a relative sense, they're certainly not going to go down by any you know, anywhere near as much as the, 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 the junkier coins out there. Yes. Well, um, uh, as you say, it's hard to know which is junk and which isn't, I suppose. Is it just, is, can, it be, can it be judged purely by size? Um, I, think, I think, you know, there is a collective market intelligence that, you know, you need to give credit to in that, you know, the ones that have a greater market capitalisation yeah, on the whole, there's exceptions, no doubt, but on the whole, would you know, be yeah, coins, tokens, which do offer real value and do disrupt real industries and do you know, solve real-world problems. So I think there's certainly correlation between market cap and quality, um, as there is within any asset class. I mean, you have ASIC shares. Um, yeah, um, again, there's exceptions to that as well. You get big companies which, which blow up on the ASX, but ordinarily, you know, on any one day of the week, um, there is correlation between market cap and quality. So I think the same is true here. Um, so, yeah, but outside of that, picking the, the junk to the quality, I think is quite challenging. I think market cap is probably one of the better um, indicators you could use to, to, to make that assessment. Have you, got, uh, I think uh, the ones that, have you put any of your own it. money into cryptocurrencies? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Yep. Which ones? Um, cautiously. Cautiously. Um, I've sort of tried... I guess my approach has been one of experimentation as, as much as anything else, you know, given what I'm doing. Um, I've sort of, you know, pinged money around between various cryptocurrencies. Um, right now I own Stellar Lumens and um, Cardano, which are two of the bigger what ones. Was, what, was that, of, what was that first one? Uh, Stellar. Oh, Stellar so Lumens. Was, Stellar yeah. Lumens. Yeah. Yeah, yep. And, and Cardano. Um, I've been in Bitcoin and you know, you know a bunch of bunch of other ones, and I've, I have gone down into the, the junkier end of the spectrum, and it's just frightening. You go look at the white papers of these things, and white papers is a term which you know has been invented by the sector. Yeah, but it really amounts to a disclosure document of sorts. Um, yeah, some of them, yeah, the junkier end of the spectrum are just absolutely laughable. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's well, some a, it's some of them, can't make money out of them, but some some of them are, are are openly a joke, aren't they? Um, I don't think the promoters would would would. No, I, I <laughs> have I have uh, well, outside I've, of them. I have read a couple of white papers that um, that are that you know just uh, saying that they're just a, just being they're just a joke. I mean, what, what's a Stellar Lumen? Um, I actually don't know a lot about Stellar to be honest. Um, it's a payment. I mean, it falls into the, the, the cryptocurrency sort of end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, I actually don't know that much about it. I mean, I don't proclaim to know oh, okay, heaps right about on. cryptocurrencies per se. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess what we're doing is is wrapping up the risks that people want. I mean, people are going to do this anyway. Um, I guess we prefer that they do it in a regulated format. Um, then, um, yeah, there's, there's going to be some people that lose their shirt if and when this, this collapse of the junk happens. And, you know, I've been around 
not a long time, but long enough to know that, yeah, the warning signs are there. Um, yeah. Kerr Nielsen of Platinum Funds said today that um, uh, when, the, when the market does collapse, it will have repercussions on the broader financial scene. What do you think? Yeah, well, I think, so back to this Armageddon scenario, the junk, the junk falls out of bed, um, run, run to see it facing coins, you know, and ultimately back to see it. When that happens, then people obviously need to make those transactions by way of an exchange. And when I say exchange, this is a you know, cryptocurrency exchange and there's some big ones around, obviously. Um, and you know, when ultimately when people pull their money out back into fiat, I would not be surprised at all if many of these exchanges will be caught short in that there is simply not enough value. Um, you know, collective, you know, if you sum the value of the coins they have plus the fiat they have, I think there'll be a deficiency there. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, you know, the sheer scale at which these exchanges have expanded. Um, you know, a bit, um, by, what was it? Which one the other day? Was it Binance opened new applications for a day and had 250,000 applications in a day? Um, yeah, the, the numbers are horrendous. I'd be surprised if many of these exchanges have the operational and risk management capability to yeah, administer properly what they're actually doing. Um, and that will never be tested until the tide, you know, until the tide goes out. Um, second to that, and there's been some high-profile hackings of exchanges. I mean, the biggest one, Mount Gox, you know, a while ago. Um, yeah, these exchanges amount to a honeypot for hackers. I mean, you know, every hacker in the world is focused on cracking these things, these exchanges, because there's, you know, there's, um, there's, there's value there. There's, and it's all, you know, accessible if, you, if you're a good enough hacker. So, yeah, some exchanges have come out and publicly said that they've been hacked. And I'd be surprised if there weren't other exchanges that have been hacked and have not gone public because to go public means to lose confidence in your, you know, public confidence in your exchange and, you know, bye-bye business model, bye-bye business. Um, so they've probably, you know, swept it under the carpet a bit, but again, we'll never know until the tide goes out. So those two things combined, you know, the sheer scale and, and lack of risk and operational controls coupled with, you know, the quiet hackings, which have perhaps not been made public, I think there will be exchange meltdowns when this happens. Um, I think some of these exchanges will just simply disappear and people will lose their tokens, gone. You know, there's just not enough value there. Um, not unlike when, I don't know, in Australia back in the GSC days, you know, some of the broking firms, the funkier broking firms sort of blew up. Um, and, you know, the Sonrays and the, um, what was the other one? I can't remember. It's been a while now. Uh, but when the tide went out, um, it, it was exposed that um, yeah, the directors had their hands in the in the honeypot, or you know that they'd lost money by virtue of you know poor operational risk management control. So not indifferent. I mean, this is nothing new. Right? Um, and I think this time it's just got more scale about it because it, by the very nature of these things, it's global. Um, so I mean, that, yeah, it sounds fairly Armageddon, but you know that's that's the way that I see the, the trouble. The, the trouble with these things is that quite often these episodes go a lot longer than you expect. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, personally, my track record is calling every bubble that I've ever been involved with way too early. <laughs> um, I mean, I, and I'm long cryptos right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm making money out of them. I'm putting it back to fat as I go. Um, but um, not to say you can't make money out of it. But um, but um, yeah, you, you're quite right. I mean, hit bubbles. Um, always go longer than most everybody thinks. Um, 
But even if you sum in one way to look at that, if you sum the entire market cap of the digital asset space, cryptos and tokens and the likes, you, know, you get to a number of probably diluted around, maybe it's a trillion or something. Um, in the wider scope of things, didn't Apple tick over a trillion market cap not long ago? Uh, maybe it's backed off a bit, but you know, that sort of puts it in context. So if you look at it from that point of view, you know, collectively this entire asset class is equal to one company. You could argue that Apple offers greater value and utility than the collective you know, utility and value that the crypto landscape offers. And I'd probably agree with that, but there's certainly within that there are exceptions. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you look at that frame of reference, you could say there's there's upside from here. But um, who knows? <laughs> anyway, you've got an idea, so let's see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> no worries. That was Jason Davis, the CEO of BitFunds and the new LIC, or the hopeful LIC, XBT Investments.